Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Forget front row seats. We're taking you into the action on the field and in the dugout with Season 2 of Play Loud. Follow some of the league's biggest stars as we mic them up and get the cameras rolling during some of the hottest matchups of the season. Catch real-time reactions from Juan Soto and Francisco Lindor in the field and catch all the hilarious conversations between players off the field with unprecedented access. Watch episodes of Play Loud at YouTube.com slash MLB. Play Loud brings you baseball like you've never seen before. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Oh, my goodness. What a day. What a day. I get to sit in the Sheridan lobby <laughs> interviewing one of the, what, on the Ring of Honor of Bradford Show podcast guests, David Ross. Thanks for having me, Rob. Oh, Appreciate you're you, so, You're so polite and so nice. <laughs> Um, so there's a few things I want to get to. Are you all right? You, you, you hydrated? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, good. Okay. I'm good. Um, f- there's a, a few things I want to get to you. First of all, it's great to see you. Good job with ESPN. Thanks. It's a travesty that you weren't working Sunday night. Um, but that's just me. Um, so, but uh, a few things I want to get to with you. Uh, the first thing is I was with Bill Messina of the camera guys, uh, Moose as we call him, yeah. when he interviewed John Lester at spring training and he told the story uh, or John Lester told the story about when you visited the mound, just just so I can get the one up on them, please. I mean, just tell me the story. Tell me that story. Well, that's it. I, you know, with Johnny, it's a lot of uh, mound visits were either usually like really stern or like I was just trying to distract him a little bit because he gets so worked up. And um, I think later on in the career, it was usually like a little bit of a of a of a talking to when I'd go out there, a little bit of a screaming match between me and him, but. Uh, early on, it was just that relationship was still young, and uh, he was just grinding out there. I mean, I remember him really grinding, and I was trying to slow the thing down. You know, we had mound visits back then. <laughs> we yeah, could take yeah, as long yeah. as we wanted. So uh, I turned around, and um, I, had already, I had already walked out there and saw my wife sitting in, in their seats, him and Farah, and uh, his wife uh, right behind home plate. You know, John makes good coin, so he, he invited the, <laughs> the peasants and my, me and my family to sit in his nice seats, and so I went out there, and he's, you know, grinding out, like, what, what? I'm like, hey, man, you see that see that brunette right there behind home plate? And he's like, looking, and he knows it's my wife. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hyla? I was like, yeah. 
she's hot, isn't she? <laughs> and he's like, what's wrong with you? You know, he's going like, aren't you, you know, he's out there grinding. I just want to distract him. And, you know, it was either, either, either uh, a joke or, or uh, a talking to about situation. And it just felt like one of those moments he needed to, to get me distracted a little bit. So I figured I'd point out my, my sexy wife behind home plate. <laughs> so that was the, that was the best I mean, like you said, you probably have to had, had to do that a few different times where it's not, hey, we get a runner at second. This is what we're going to want to do. This is say, hey, will you, like, chill out or, or, or look at the guy in the, the yeah. upper deck? Or, was there anything else like that? Or was Yeah, there was another good one. Um, well, it was kind of, like, distracted, and we were playing Detroit, and um, he was dealing pretty good, pitching well, and we had, like, a two-run lead, I think, and it was getting towards the back end of – of uh, his pitch count and he comes in gives up like a walk to guy and gives up a hard hit ground ball to Middlebrooks and Middlebrooks kind of olayed it a little bit like didn't mm-hmm. it, but it was a rock I mean it's hit hard it's a rocket and next guy he walks and I can just tell he's frustrated and up to bat comes Miguel Cabrera and we got two outs and I'm like all right well let's go out there and <laughs> sew some things down a little bit so I walk up there I was like all right man just give me a little bit of breather you know uh he goes Man, I thought Middlebrooks could have had that ball. And I'm like, are you still thinking about that Middlebrooks ball? It was a rocket. And he's like, he's like, what do you got? What do you got? I go, I got. We got the best hitter on the planet coming to the plate, and we got a two-run lead. Let's worry about Miguel Cabrera, and we can talk about the ball to, to Middlebrooks later. And, uh, you know, that was just Johnny. He got, you know, early on when I was there, he would get distracted every once in a while. He's got to rein him back in, and he was so good when he was focused on what he needed to do. Oh, well, but. that's the thing, and I remember in Cleveland, and this isn't going to be a, the David Ross Talks About John Lester podcast, but I remember in Cleveland one time, I don't know if he, he didn't talk – to the media, like you guys had won, and and but he didn't pitch well. But you won, and so but he didn't talk. And I think Beckett actually was the one who told him, said, "Listen, dude, you got to talk. You know, you win the game, you, you got to talk." Yeah, one thing I found out about being in Boston really fast is everybody appreciates just you being accountable and honest. Mm-hmm. Like that's all. That's all it is. They just want to you tell your side of the story and and move on and. Uh, I learned real quick, like, you know, like, it's fine. You can blame me. Like, I'm, I've got no uh, no problems with it. Because I caught a lot of wrong pitches, too, early on. And so, you know, I took a lot of the heat when – because Johnny, you know, Johnny's probably one of the best pitchers I've ever caught. And um, some of it was, was my fault. But the, the media just wants you to stand there and ask – uh, and ask you the questions, and you'd be accountable. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's it's really it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. No, it really is because immediately you do it, you get the thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and it goes away. I mean, uh, another I use the core example a lot. Core did that. You did that. Other guys did that. You stand in front of your locker. You do it. It's over. And well, when you when you make mistakes and you just say yeah I messed up like I think everybody understands there's a human element to baseball that not you're not we're not robots you're not gonna be perfect you know we hear that all the time but when you stand in front of the media who which are basically the the go between between the fans and say you know what I wasn't very good today but I'm gonna try to get better and uh, at the end of the day what do you what else are you gonna build on that yeah mm-hmm. it's like well David Ross stinks yeah we all know that yeah. <laughs> we knew that when we signed him but it was good. <laughs> So you're in town because you're doing the ESPN thing, doing the broadcast, and, and, you know, screw whatever has happened on Sunday night. I mean, this is the premier game. This is Yankees, Red Sox, Severino, and Sale. This, is, this might be, in your short, short broadcast career, this might be 
the game, right? This uh, is this might be your best game. No doubt, no doubt. This would be the biggest game I've called uh, for sure to be in the booth. Uh, I'm in there with John Shambi and Rick Sutcliffe, who are probably my two favorite guys to work with. They're just awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the this is the baseball mecca mm-hmm. here. And you're mm-hmm. talking about doing it at Fenway. I haven't been back to Fenway. I'm just super excited about coming. Wait, you back. haven't been back to Fenway. I have not been back to Fenway since 14. You're I kidding have, me? No, I have Why not. Why did I think really? Yeah, I was going to come last year and for the Cubs Red Sox series yeah. for like a dream, and I was going to try to sit in the monster and the whole deal. Yeah. And I got on this dance show for a little bit. I don't know if you heard about that, yeah, but yeah. I got on there. I got on uh, some national television and, and embarrassed myself a little bit. But um, no, I'm I'm super excited to be back. I've I've done some games on the road, but I haven't been back to Fenway, and so I'm just anxious to get back on the field and, and feel. Does it going to seem? I mean, you, you've obviously been there. Does it? You think it's going to be weird at all? Um, it, well, I mean, you've been in that broadcast. I would imagine. I, I haven't been in the booth. In no, okay, I haven't been right. up there. I don't even know if I've been in the press box. Like I haven't. You know, we really? never ventured up there. You yeah, I've been, been in the, in the offices. Johnny Gomes Memorial <laughs> press box. <laughs> nah, no, I heard it's small, and I've uh, I bought some gloves. It's going to be cold. Bought some gloves today at the mall, and uh, and yeah, I mean, just the just the feeling of that stadium for me is is. Uh, is going to bring back a lot of cool are memories. You, are you comfortable now doing this? I'm getting. I think this year I, I was nervous about opening day, and I got to do back-to-back games in Anaheim, and it felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. It, it, felt, it felt a lot more what are you uh, better at, at What are you better at now than you were when you started doing it last year? Just wrapping up my thoughts, I think. Sometimes you get on there and you talk, and you don't know how to kind of exit ramp it, you know, like get wrap up your, your what you're trying to say in, in the pace of the game. And so – um, there's a rhythm up there. There's a rhythm to, you yeah. know, where something might happen and, and telling the story and not talking in the middle of an at-bat or a pitch. So um, there's a fine line between, you know, you want somebody to go deep and you're telling a story about John Lester Mount visits. Right. You know? Well, I mean, the two outs thing, too. You, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't you start know, the John Lester story with two outs. Right, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole thing into that. So yeah. uh, just that a little bit and doing your homework and knowing what, what you, you know, the open. For me, the, the hardest part is the open always. You want to talk, highlight, you know, one person or, or mm-hmm. something you're watching from each team. That's kind of the most nerve-wracking thing for me still. And uh, Sut said that kind of never goes away because it's, it's scripted. It's not Yeah, It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like here, this happened to me and or this is happening in front of me. I can react to it, whatever. Right, yeah, that's the easiest part for me. I love watching the games. My, it's probably my favorite thing to do since I've retired is just to call the games because you're really just into the game and watching. And you can it brings back a lot of memories for me. It kind of jar, jars my, my memory and telling stories and um, just reacting to what's going on. Which were you more nervous about, doing your first broadcast or doing the dancing? Oh, shoot, the dancing. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah that was, that's a whole nother. I don't know that I've been more nervous than for stepping not, out on the dance floor. For the actual the first show, like the actual first time you did. Which, by the way, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't – I can't – it's one of these things where I can't even conceive. You can give me a year of practicing. I can't conceive doing that. Well, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, it's, it's, no, no. It's one of those things I've been, I I did put myself out there a lot and did things that were outside of my box. And so I had one of the greatest years ever in 16 for me and my family, the whole deal. And so I just kind of kept with that theme when asked to do that. And I definitely was nervous, but, um, there's nothing that that prepares you for stepping out on a dance floor in front of millions of people. I think there's like 10 to 15 million people watch that every so Monday. So most nervous you've ever been in any endeavor. No doubt. Well, maybe I, I did skydiving. That was another one. Skydived last year for yeah, the open. But the not airship. millions and millions of people no, are watching. No, yeah, I thought I might die, but yeah, <laughs> other than yeah, that, yeah. I was fine. But yeah, just something so far outside of my box that I, you know, I, it's a very yeah. Every time that didn't get easier either. It actually got 
tougher, they, more nervous every skydiving? time. No, no, the uh, <laughs> the dancing. Yeah, so did, I don't know did how it, I did, did it. Really, get, it got harder. Yeah, well, it just got more nerve wracking because you just realized, like, what am I do, still doing? And, you know, I thought I'd be on there like a week or two, and they yeah, booked yeah. me off, and I'd be at the house with the family. You know, and, no, I went all the way to the end <laughs> somehow. So uh, definitely the craziest thing I've ever done, and most outside of my box. So, but at the end of that, I've never been more proud of myself for doing something so mentally and physically tough and nerve-wracking and i mean you're talking about putting it all out there you know i bet your family was probably more proud of you for doing that than even playing baseball Uh, they were yeah they were cheering you know because baseball was work this way they were cheering me on and like would watch every show and they had their favorites too yeah and you know uh my partner Lindsay became like part of the family like another child and a little 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 young 23 year old bossing (laughs) me around i've had like another an an older daughter uh that just kind of was was walking down around the dance floor it was it was a unique experience and very very uh very exciting what was the hardest move uh, well can, when they asked me that. to take off my shirt oh, honestly like really I, yeah on national tv you and, lost a crap load of weight though uh, yeah i lost like 15 pounds and a like uh, i mean i was i was probably leaner than i've ever been i got down to like my college weight like 215 really? which i my playing weight was probably 230 235 so yeah, i mean yeah. i was i was down there really? <laughs> you know but not uh, it's still it's still like dad you know you still got dad bod walking <laughs> you know it's not like i'm got like six packs that came out all of a sudden like it's still i get some so how does handles. that happen where you say does she say hey we're gonna take off your shirt this time we're gonna... she well that she gave me the, the song and and uh you know the magic Mike song and then she's like look we're gonna we're gonna do yeah right it's hilarious right and I, when she told me all this I, I was like no and she she prepped me because you get the song about a week and a half before or uh, the the week before your actual dance so you're working on a whole nother dance but she's like hey I want to let you know I got the song this is what they're probably this is the style this is what you have to do and I'll start choreographing some stuff and she started telling me this to, and it just was like a pit in my stomach like because I had my kids I go to my kids' school to drop them off, and like all the students, were like Mr. Ross, we saw you oh, yeah. dance with the stars. More, more and, than baseball, right? Yeah, it was just yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you're like, wait a minute, I'm fixing to take off my shirt in front of these kids. Kind of like, it just, it's all a big nightmare <laughs> in my head before it starts. Who was the uh, Who was the celebrity on it that you're like, uh, this is cool, Mr. T. Oh man, he Mr. was in T. that one. He was in that one. He was there early on. What a great guy he was, and he had the whole Chicago connection because he's from there. And uh, he's he's like, hey, we're representing Chicago, and uh, he gave all the ki- everybody he had this little um, keychain that had all his little sayings like, I pity the fool, <laughs> all these little sayings. And I brought him one of my kids and my my two year old pressed it all night long. Wait, he was just like going around handing out his keychain. Yeah, it was a little keychain, like it, it was like a little toy. I guess they sold him, and he yeah, had, somebody had him made, but it was it was he was. Top notch, one of the nicest. Did you people I've do ever met. what I would do, which is you have like, okay, I gotta think of a question to ask Mr. T. I gotta like Rocky, Rocky Three. Uh, yeah, well, I just asked him like, hey, tell me how it all started, like how. And he yeah, he was walked, a bouncer. Yeah, right? bouncer. Maybe yeah. walk me through the whole thing and the show he was on, and um, you know how he's a Southside Chicago guy, where you mm-hmm. know through some rough neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and he's bouncing and uh, went to these. Uh, it was some show. It was like a tough. Tough bouncer, some bouncer yeah, show. Yeah yeah, 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 And so he won that or came in second and ran through some door. Uh, he was telling me the whole story. But um, he's a guy, when you sit down and you ask him one question, he just, he's, he he's open on He looks the same, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Very, very much. Yeah. Just, just older, but not, yeah, I mean, but not like, like us all. No, like yeah, but he's not, no, he still works out yeah. and lifts weights. That's and good. If I, wears the headband. And yeah. It's like, really cool. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like one of my favorites. Um, 
So I do want to ask you about sort of you doing the Red Sox-Yankees thing. And you were around the Red Sox a little bit, a couple days. And so you get an idea. Do you communicate with Cora at all? I know that you played with him. Uh, yeah, I talked to him a little bit in the, in the, when I went to spring training and visit. I was just trying to visit with everybody. But yeah, I, 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 I took a time for you, him. You, you take pride in your craft. So you were, you were asking about it. And you were trying to get a feel for it. And you have to get a feel for Seattle when you had to go out there for the right. opener. But of your limited time with the Red Sox and talking to people about the Red Sox, what's your, your sort of 1,000 uh, 1, uh, altitude at 32,000 feet perspe- perspective of this team? Oh, they're playing looser. Yeah, yeah, think I so? think that. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a there's a vibe around. Uh, I, I when I honestly when I go to these places, I talk to the trainers that I know and the clubhouse guys. They'll tell you, they'll the, tell truth. you the truth. Yeah. yeah, and no no players don't throw the manager under the bus or mm. whatever. And and so I ask the guys like, hey, what's the vibe? What, give me the vibe. And I ask guys that come in and you know I got some friends that sell boots or suits or whatever. And I ask them too. You know, they give me the vibe in the clubhouses, and uh, you could tell they're just it's a happy bunch that's. Um, Having fun. Spring training was going well. They're healthy. Uh, David Price seems like a different guy. Uh, just, just the overall feel and the vibe and how open they were to talk to me, um, an ex-player, but even guys that I didn't play with and how open and honest they well, were. Well, to seemed. me, this, so this is, and I don't disagree with you, but you go back to we, we juxtapose a lot against 2013, and and that was a loose group too, right? That yep. was uh, we uh, kind of ran our own, right? But that's ran- so that's sort of. That's, I guess, maybe the difference. If if you have a loose group, but and, and it, because people are saying, "Oh, you can't be loose." John Farrell was uptight, and same manager, 2013 compared to 2017. But like you said, and tell me if I'm wrong, it was more of like a, it was the player thing more than like the yeah. the manager saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to go in the clubhouse and high five you." Well, I think John it was his first year as well as, well as mine, and 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 dealing with the the Boston thing and. Um, you know, it, it, for me, John did, was fine for me. He, he he actually gave me some great opportunities, so I don't have anything bad to say about him. But we did have a leadership in that clubhouse from the players' perspective mm-hmm. that it really was. And we had a great coaching staff, so it was a lot of just like stay out of the way. We've got you know we. You knew that right away, like coming out of spring training. I remember the first I, game I, at Yankee Stadium. I remember I remember spring training and walking in and and the vibe. Uh, and all the the kind of rumors of it's such a bad clubhouse and this yeah, and that Bobby and Valentine, yeah. yeah and all that right and I walked in and was like wait a minute there's great dudes in here I remember distinctly a weekend going this place is awesome like these yeah. guys are awesome there's one bad egg and there he is yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 that's yeah. him right there yeah, yeah. and if we get him out of here everybody else is gonna roll right and right. Uh, they did that and uh, a little later on and and you know it's it's you know, you, you have to fi- find that fine line between having a, a talented player that's a bad uh, bad influence on other guys or just getting on board, and uh, they figure that out, and, and kind of we off we went. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said, I think the difference is, and you are correct in assessing that it's a looser bunch, and who knows if that's going to translate. But tell me how it might translate, right? I mean, tell me because – when I heard we're having more fun, we're having more fun, we're having more fun. Well, okay, we'll go out and win ninety three games. We're not go out and win the division. It, yeah, it translates where you like coming to work, and so it oh. just it translates where I like being on the guys. I'm gonna get there a little earlier. Oh, and and we communicate better, so maybe the pitching staff talks a little bit more about how they got certain hitters out, or uh, the hitters talk a little bit about how the pitcher's balls come out of their hand rather than like I don't like this dude so I'm not giving him any information so when you care about the group as a whole and it's looser and you have more fun together in the locker room uh, off the field go to dinners and and you don't get a whole lot of those here with the travel but 
um, when, that stuff translates and, and everybody kind of comes together. And then when you are having an at-bat and you want to pick up the guy who punched out bases loaded, you know, the, the, the guy before you and you want to come up with a big two-out hit, you know, not that you – don't always want to do that, but it just becomes that extra little motivation that kind of puts you over the hump of another yeah, that team makes that sense. may fold. That yeah. makes sense to me. I mean, the, the another thing with with Cora, it's like, you know, he's he's loose and and everything else. But w- the press conferences, we we as the media, we focus so much on the press conferences after games. And Farrell was actually criticized for this, where you're protecting the players, you're protecting the players too much, where people like you understand, like, oh, yeah, the players are, yeah, yeah, protect me, protect me, protect me. There's this fine line. And I think Cora, we're only, only, you know, not even 10 games in, but there is that element. He, He has figured it out, I think, of when to say, hey, you know what, he wasn't very good. And, yeah, he was really good. Like, there's a sense of honesty, and I think that, there is that fine line. There is there. that, but you know what's different. And the only thing I would would criticize John Farrell about, and I, I've never been a manager. I don't know how hard these press conferences are, but if I had one thing that I say could have lifted the players up a little more, I know he protected see, them. See, but that, I would see. I would lift up like David Ortiz yeah. when he when he. I would say, you know, when I'm answering questions about David Ortiz, I would I would you know basically um, say as much positive as I could about him because the guy. As a, as a Hall of Famer, you know? So I wouldn't just say the facts of what he did in the game. I would try to go above and beyond because at, at times you're going to have to say, you know what, we weren't very good today, or David Ortiz wasn't good tonight. But yeah. you know what, I'm, I'm riding and dying with David Ortiz. That kind of thing. That's is, is what would be the, Yeah, would, that would be the one, the one criticism I would give of John. When he gave his, his press conferences, it was just the facts. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's kind of but the guys, media but creates that here. You, now, wanna, you, so you don't want to read into that, it too does much. Does that become a conversation in, amongst the players? Of like, you know, I wish. Uh, not, no, that was just my own observation. Yeah, well, nah, be, I don't think so. Because, you know, because honestly, if, if you said that to the media, it would be like, oh, well, that's, he's building him up too much. They're building him yeah, up too much. Yeah, well, and I don't think you can ever go wrong with lifting up players because at times you have to criticize. And so as long as I know my manager's out for my best interest, yeah, I know when I stunk. And I think just telling the media honesty, mm-hmm. I think honesty is the best policy, right? Like David Ortiz goes three for four with two homers. Like, hey, he was he was awesome. Like, I'm just telling you, yeah, he's a pretty amazing yeah. player. And he's great. Or, yeah, he wasn't good tonight. But you know what? This is fine. It's easier to find a positive. There's enough negative written when you, when you, when you mess up. So it's easy to find a positive and try and to find, you know what? He may have been so and so may have been over over four today, but did you see his at bats? Every at bat was three two. Like a Mike Napoli, like every at bat was three two. He's grinding. Pitcher made some good pitches, you know, little things like that. And you got to kind of weave through the season about how much you you know sugarcoat things and just honest. It's again, it's 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 fascinating to me because it's the player perspective compared to like our perspective of like I'm saying. I think that. You guys have every right to think that way. It's like people understand, like, that's your world. Like, that's your world. To get to 100, through 162 games, manager is manager of the team. The it's team, not like, right. hey, here, go bunt. Yeah, yeah. It's I, managing the team. Right. Well, and the guys that I need, the guys that are going to make me successful are the players. So why would I ever try to bring them down or not lift them up? I think that it's a, it's a, it's a tight-knit group, a, a successful ball team, and – I need those guys. I need those guys to believe in us. And so I believe in that. I'm a baseball fan right. first, and I'm a fan of my team. I've always said that. I, like, I, I trust in my guys because they're my guys. So I want to stick up for them 
good or bad, that's my job is to stick up for them. I, I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. but when in doubt, I'm going to try to be as positive as I can toward well, my you players. Well, again, you guys, that's, again, that's the important. You're around them more than anybody else. No and doubt. if you have to take slings and arrows, it's just interesting to me because, again, the pers- coming back to the perspective or the perception, like, Eck is another one. Like, like when the Eck thing happened last year with Price, I couldn't believe the players were like, Eck has been honest for years. Eck has been, and probably when you were there, that was the narrative yeah. with Eck. Like, Eck is, that was that guy. He played, you should know better. And where's, like, oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? Like, I, th- I think the problem comes from I don't listen to the outside noise. I didn't even, like, I never listened to Eck, and I, when we got in the in the room, like usually the TV was on, right. on silent. Like I, I remember, I played I played in uh, Cincinnati, and Marty Brenneman may be the most negative announcer <laughs> I've ever been around. And I love Marty, but right. I just don't listen to it. Like but, but we're on our own t- little but guys bubble. Talk right? Yeah, but but and and that's and that's a negative influence in your. I mean, I. Yeah. This Eckersley has no impact on how we perform on the field. No, so why? So why bring that in? I is think, my is my take. right? But that's that would be the right way to go. But you're you were a veteran. You knew how to do it. If you're a young guy, and I think this was the sort of the issue last year, whereas that was the danger. That if you get young guys and you get the whispers and you get, oh, really? That's how it is? Or this, right. you know, that's the dangerous thing. Well, I think, I think that's what Core has created now. And, and again, it is, is short-lived so far. But uh, he's created like, hey, we're just going to worry about us. And we're going to have fun. We're going to work hard. We're going to do our job. In a day, that's all you can do, like good or bad. And we'll see where we're at come, you know, month to month, week mm-hmm. to week. And we'll make some adjustments if we need to. But um, there's no sense in panicking or listening out outside noise and what you should be and what you shouldn't be. Um, you know, that's why this game's going to be so much fun. There's, there's supposed to be these great teams, and the Yankees are supposed to be, you know, world beaters. And it's, you know, they're, it's a little bit like, hey, okay, like, all right. I, you know, I never believe the hype, first of all. Like, the hype is never good. Well, tell, to me, and I've done interviews with other, other, uh, with other places around the country, and to me, the Yankees, the perception of the Yankees, people pick the Yankees. This is the reason why. Because they have these big guys in the middle of the order, they have Severino, and they have a, bun- a bullpen with a bunch of good names. Like I, I think, in a, I think it starts. The Yankees conversation starts with Stanton and Judge, and then and maybe Sanchez, and then there's an enormous drop off to everybody else. But you know what? That's good enough to be better than everyone else. Whereas if you look at the Red Sox, if, if you said if you said to someone in Iowa, hey, okay, baseball fan about the Red Sox, what would be, what, what what's the notable thing about them? Is, because the Yankees are judge and stand right right right. well i look for the i look for the 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 missing piece like where's that x factor guy like the the devers like the guy that's hitting lower in the lineup that's an absolute stud that nobody's really giving credit to yeah that just seems to be and bogey having a good year or gregorious you know maybe having a breakout year well and for for me it's and and as a baseball fan the guy who analyzes the teams the when I look at the Yankees, I see like the Bird and Gregory. Those are the guys that are going to be the X right. factors. You yeah, it's do. not but, right. It's not going to be and the and the Gardeners. It's not going to be the the big boppers in the middle because they're they're, they're going to ride a roller coaster. They're going to be they're going to be strikeouts, homers. Um, you're going to ride a roller, but you're good at bats. When I'm catching, I'm navigating the big boys to get mm. to the the maybe less power or. I like the bigger holes of the big boys because I know I've got spots that I can pitch them. I've always said you can pitch to Stanton. But if you make a mistake, right, right. So well, if as you execute, evident, like he struck out five times, right. Huh? If you're executing your pitches, you know he's a very average hitter. But if you're not, or you making mistakes, he doesn't. When he when he hits it, it's is a homer. Yeah. So I mean, you, you kind of live and die with that. But 
the good thing about the Yankees to me is that they're lineups the depth of it they've got really good sanchez and bird bird is the x factor for me makes that thing really good and dd yeah well it's and then you go to the starting rotation i mean severino's going to even say i think people sleep on severino here's a question i want to ask you about severino so pedro and you guys will probably talk about this on the broadcast pedro had a big say in in severino's success pedro martinez he taught him the change up Pedro collects a paycheck from the Boston Red Sox. Right, right. Is, is that, like, and I talked to Pedro about this, and he said, listen, my mission on, in, on earth is to help people and everything else. Is, is that normal? Um, yeah, you know, I it, think when you're a baseball fan, and I, I go back and forth on this, but when you're a baseball fan, you want to help kids out, especially a guy that is a Hall of Famer like Pedro. And, uh, and, and, and he played for a couple of different organizations, so – uh, he does collect a paycheck from from the from the Red Sox, and you definitely don't want to help out the Yankees. I think 20 Yankees. years ago that doesn't happen. Yeah, it may not have 20 years ago, but, yeah. but now there's so much more. And, and being a Latin player in Severino, I think he tries to look out for the pitchers in Latin America and those guys that would lean on him for any kind of advice. Is that a positive for the Red Sox? No, it's not in trying to make that guy better. But um, – the goodwill in that is, is what I see, and, and the baseball fan. I, yeah. I know, I know. We all—it's hard for me to fans. be critical of it because, like, you're saying the same thing he did. I, but, and I can accept that. It's just bizarre to me. It is bizarre. No, it's bizarre for sure. It is bizarre to help out the enemy. But, um, you know, it'd be like a catcher for the Brewers coming up and asking me a couple ca- catching questions. I'm not going to say, "Oh, I can't talk to you because right. I work for the Cubs." I'm yeah. going to help him out. That's Even fair. the Cardinal. You know, it, it just is. I, we want we want our game to be as popular as it can, and the best team should win out, not like the team with the biggest secrets or the team that that um, has the best uh, former you know players that help them out. I think it's I think we want to see the game grow as much as you possibly can, and to see the best for the game. And what that is is trying to give some pointers to younger players that might help them out, and but, it doesn't always work out either. I mean, you may have taught him this change up, and it may have been crap, and he may have bagged it, but you know I, you know you it's actually worked. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He taught him a good one. <laughs> Um, I, you've been very generous with your time. I did want to ask you, and I don't even know if you can talk about it, your movie. Can you talk about yeah, that yet? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Well, just a little bit. It's going It's going to be filmed in Australia, I think. Uh, I think this is, now, this is a up. movie, but you wrote a book. Wrote a book. I wrote a book based called on the Teammate, book. Yeah. yeah, about my kind of journey and, and with the Cubs, the, the World Series at the end. And um, it's more of a kind of a self-help book that just kind of walks you through some of the lessons, I, hard lessons I learned from great teammates, a lot of that stems from from uh from here in boston and the atlanta braves and some of the great teammates i ran into that changed me and johnny gomes and dustin pedroia and uh great lessons i learned so uh but uh radar pictures bought the rights to that and they're gonna they're gonna make a movie yeah, this isn't like Hall. hallmark channel movie this no, is like yeah, this it was is supposed legit. to be it was it's supposed to be we'll see we'll see it's it's in the works and um can we say who's hollywood playing you? yeah uh john bernthal is, is playing me uh, an up-and-coming actor and he was in he's not the punisher he's, uh, he, he's, he's a star no he really is he I was mean, a guy in, in it's not like a brad pitt that everybody would know he so was in a movie him. with a brad pitt yeah and fury he's, right? a, he's a star he's yeah. a, he's a he's a monster and so they're going it's going to be filmed in australia and um will you, you go know, 
Uh-huh. Where you go during the filming? I, I'm, we're, it's it's they're, they're, it's supposed to be finalized this week. All the details. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, it's 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 moving along. It's supposed to be. Uh, That's supposed cool. To start, yeah, they're supposed to start uh, filming in I think August or September. So I mean, it's like I mean they're going there, set building and the whole deal. Uh, that is so awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, my life has has definitely um, been very very fortunate. Some good things have happened to me. So any questions for me? Because I always end up. I feel like oh, yeah. that's off the air stuff. We'll get that. Oh, off okay. The air. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't got. <laughs> you look great, though. I don't oh, know. Everybody knows. I thought you would never say I don't know anything. how you can afford the wardrobe change. You know, that's I the expensive it's part. Really, about it's, it's, this is, no. Just tighten the belt a little bit. Yeah, but that's really the strategy right now. <laughs> is, extra belt loop. Well, you know, that's when you were doing that. Dancing, that's it. That's like, I can feel like I'm I'm fatter, but if the belt loops keep going the right direction, <laughs> that's, that's all, all that matters. That's all. Awesome, buddy. All right, David. Thanks so much. Always. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Ever wonder what it's like to play in an MLB game? Play Loud is your exclusive look into the fun of the game as we mic up the league's biggest stars and follow them with dedicated cameras both on and off the field. Watch game-time reactions to some of the biggest plays and follow your favorite players as they chat in the dugout with their teammates between innings. You never know what you're going to see or hear. It's baseball like you've never watched before. Tune in for new episodes of Play Loud only on the MLB YouTube channel. MLB YouTube channel. A bad team facing a good team is never completely out of it. Nick Costos, co-host of You Better You Bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the BetQL Network. There's 162 games in the season. The best teams are going to lose 60-plus times, and the worst teams are going to win 60-plus times. Each night is its own individual entity. That's what makes betting on the baseball regular season so much fun. All the insight you need to bet smarter is at BetQL.com. And listen to You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley streaming weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey. 